Hey, welcome to the Sunnybrook Family Ministry Podcast, where we uh, meet together occasionally to talk about some different issues when uh, ministering to families, kids, all the way through high school and college students at Sunnybrook Christian Church. And um, so today we have Jim Johnson with us, our lead minister here at Sunnybrook. We have Zane Sutherland, also is our kids minister here at Sunnybrook, and then Jeff and Joy Butler. Um, Jeff is an elder here, and Jeff and Joy serve in a variety of different areas um, all throughout the church. So we've come specifically Jeff's today. Jeff's an elder too, Drew. Jeff's an elder. I did say that, didn't I? Oh, maybe you did. Okay. I, I, elder, all around. He's one of the most gifted kids speakers that we have. I mean, That is correct. Can, you can talk to kids. Able to teach. So he definitely meets that, <laughs> that, uh, and we know if you can teach kids, you are able to oh, teach. So, amen. 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 So, uh, what we're talking about specifically today is, uh, now that we're seem to be at least moving into a new or different season of the COVID time that we've been in the last few months, um, this coming Sunday, we're going to be starting our, um, gathering again. So we've been meeting in homes, enjoying church on video and different ways like this online, uh, watching it. Um, and now we're going to begin this process of meeting together as a church again. And uh, so now that we're not able to have like a packed sanctuary, we're going to be meeting in smaller groups in our building. Um, so we're going from two services to four services um, and some, some uh, different uh, complexities that sometimes come with that. So Jim, do you want to talk just a minute about some of the things that we've thought through when it comes to the services? Yeah, I'll say it quickly. We're um, uh, obviously moving forward, doing so with great intentionality, a lot of thought. Um, I appreciate our elders and I appreciate our staff uh, for uh, the kind of intentionality and determination that they're they're wanting to kind of think through all of the issues that that come into play when we're doing this. So we're continuing to encourage those that are in the at-risk categories to continue to stay at home. Um, we get it. If maybe you're still feeling a little uncomfortable after months of not, you know, socializing and being around people and then hearing a lot of different news things, we get it that there can be some concerns that you might have. And so for that reason, we've decided as a church to continue with our online uh, services. And so they're going to continue to be available, want to encourage you to do that. There might be a reason that we don't even know of that uh, your family has decided to continue to uh, meet in your home first. So we want to make all of those things available. But as we begin to open up in the state and even in the city, um, we're offering the on or the in-person services, not just the online so uh, Zane and the family ministry team are going to be doing two services starting this Sunday, May 17th, which is Zane's birthday, by the way. Don't tell him I told everybody. But um, uh, you're going to be having two services in the gym at 9 and at 11 o'clock. And so those services are going to be for families. And then we're going to be having two services in the sanctuary at 9.30 and 11.30. And the reason why we have those times actually is that it just makes sure that people don't get them messed up. So if you're in the gym and you're going to a family service, then you will be uh, driving on the west side, parking in the west parking lot, going in the gym doors. If you're coming to the sanctuary uh, for just what we would consider more of a regular service, I guess, 
um, we will be meeting in the sanctuary. You'll be parking on the east side and coming in the east lobby doors. Um, and the last thing I'll say is really in order to make sure that we can keep the numbers and the spacing necessary, uh, we're asking everybody to reserve a seat. And so you need to do that uh, either through our app or on our, uh, uh, on our website. And uh, once you do that, there'll be a spot for you. And we're looking forward to seeing you Sunday if that's what you choose. Cool. You know, one of the things I've noticed is we've been talking to different churches um, kind of throughout the country, even in our state, is it seems like there's one of two different philosophies that's out there. Um, some are just starting, some have already started, so they wanted to start as soon as possible. Um, and then there are some churches that are gonna, gonna wait until at least as the restrictions continue to be lifted, where they can almost just go right in almost as if um, they were, you know, months ago. And so some are just waiting longer so they can go a little bit more of a full-on type experience. Yeah. And uh, we're, seems to be just working with the restrictions. So as we've been talking about this from the very beginning, it's been more like, well, how can we start? Not necessarily as soon as possible, the first day, but um, maybe a week or two after that, how can we then work with the restri restrictions and then change um, if we need to change? So, so we've kind of gone through that more that middle road. And so we're ended up with four different services. And uh, Zane, I want you to just talk to everybody just a little bit about um, the service, not only the service times, but the idea of a family service. Um, what would come, what's the idea behind a family service? What would be kind of the vision behind that and why we're going to be giving those two times, those two specific hours to, to being a family service. And then what does that mean? Can only families with kids go and, you know, how does that look? What do you see in there? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, how we got here and Jim, you can kind of chip in and help me kind of fill in some gaps here. But um, you know, one of the big restrictions that we're still facing right now is that, um, we've been asked to not do kids programming. Um, and we at Sunnybrook really believe in kids. Uh, we believe that they are a crucial piece of the family unit. Um, and we believe that as parents um, and as a church body, um, it's, our, it's our job and our responsibility to disciple them well. Um, and so, you know, I think we, <laughs> we always look for intentional ways to have, you know, gospel conversations with kiddos. Um, and so, you know, as we were kind of thinking about sticking kids in the sanctuary, which is something they're not used to doing to begin with, um, some kids may be, um, that may be something that families do, but, you know, we know that there's a lot of families that that's, that's not part of their DNA at this point, um, based on how we normally program on Sundays. Um, we just thought, man, what a, what a cool opportunity for us to kind of leverage this time uh, to create a really cool family atmosphere. Uh, where those gospel conversations literally can happen at a table um, in the gym and stuff. And so uh, I, I think that's a little bit of my heart on where I was kind of pushing to have a kid service was just, uh, you know, this is, this is a unique time that we've been gifted, as weird as that may sound. Um, but, but, you know, we don't do a ton of like family service type stuff. And so um, for, for kids and adults to get to worship in the same space, um, and for kids to see their parents worship uh, to songs that kids sing, you know, um, and to take communion together and, and to do offering together and, and to write out a prayer uh, together, I think is just, um, it, it's a special opportunity that, you know, this time has kind of afforded us. And so we wanted to take advantage of that. 
um, and, you know, create some of these relational moments and discipleship moments that, um, you know, we just haven't necessarily been able to do in the past. Um, so that's a little bit of our heart behind. Uh, I, does that sound pretty close to right, Jim? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of the angst that we feel. You know, we, we talk about this as a staff quite a bit, that when I hear the critique of our modern church situation where the family walks in and then everybody goes in their different directions, man, that always hurts a little bit. It's mm -hmm. always like, wow, you know, we can talk about the value of family and God made a family. And, and then, you know, we, we just never really worship that way or it's, yeah. it's rare. Um, and I, I get it. I don't know if I know all the answers to that. I can just, I can feel the weight of it. So this really did give us, like you described it, Zane, a great opportunity for the, for the families that are right now worshiping online in their homes to, to do something kind of like that, but they get to do it here at church. Yeah. So uh, it was kind of dealt to us by the state when they said no children's, uh, you know, uh, oversight in terms of having the treehouse and then kids worship. So this to me, I thought was a great opportunity to do it exactly the way you explained it. Yeah. So I think kind of our game plan for what we're looking at doing these next couple of Sundays is um, I'll just kind of walk through the service uh, just so people can kind of have an idea of what they're stepping into. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be uh, an awesome time. I mean, that's, that's really what I believe that this is going to be a great opportunity for us to worship together um, as families. And so as you kind of come in, you'll go to a table um, and at that table, like literally as you walk in this first week, I'll be hosting. And so, um, you know, we're going to have a game that's pretty engaging. I know there's a lot of parents that are kind of worried about kids running around and it being crazy. Um, that's okay. Like kids aren't, we're going to try and limit kids running around, but the whole, whole idea of it being a little bit uh, chaotic and a little bit loud and that type of stuff. I mean, I don't know about, that's just like my reality every Sunday. So it doesn't worry me. It doesn't scare me. Um, I, I love the energy that that brings. And so we're going to be playing a game actually um, with the family. I think families that play together, um, it just kind of makes together. Well, sure. <laughs> Boom. That's just, that's a, that's, a, that's a rhyme. Play, a rhyme. stay. Play Got and stay, it. man. So, so we're going to play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think whenever we look at, you know, the, the family kind of the, the dynamic of people that we would like to uh, come to lit to this, or at least those that we think uh, might enjoy something like this. Um, yeah, obviously this is our first Sunday back. So they're going to be more your natural apprehensions people that for whatever reason, um, just don't feel comfortable at walking into a, a room with a group of people in it, even though we're going to be following those guidelines that we need to follow. We totally understand that some may not be interested in that. Um, at this point, um, some then uh, at the same time uh, where say Zane, you'd be very used to this and accustomed to this. I would be definitely accustomed to this. Um, some parents when, when walking in, I, it, I was just thinking about this last night. Um, we were going through some old pictures and we found one of uh, my middle son um, and it was a picture from a church event and I, it might have even been a fall festival or something like this. Literally, he was all dressed up and he was dressed up, I think, as one of the Duck Dynasty characters. I think that was kind of a big deal, the big beard and all that in one year. And literally, he won a two liter of Dr. Pepper at uh, one of the stations. And he's standing <laughs> on top of the speakers in the gym, just chugging the two liter. And um, for, uh, for some families, as you're thinking about this family service, 
thinking this is maybe what I'm envisioning. And man, I'm not so sure that really I want to be a part of that, at least with my one-year-old, my five-year-old <laughs> and everyone else in between. Um, so what you're kind of describing is going to be that maybe obviously, hopefully not the Dr. Pepper, but we are going to kind of have families in there and we're just going to roll with it. And it may not be exactly what you might be accustomed to mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning necessarily. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think again, as I've kind of learned with this whole COVID thing, I mean, it's to hold everything with an open hand. And so even with our expectations of how we think, you know, Sunday's even going to go, um, to understand that it's going to look a little bit different even than what we've kind of imagined it to be. And we're going to roll with it. And, you know, as kind of Drew preached last week, I thought it was a great encouragement to bear with one another, you know, as, you know, we gather people together and we're in the same space again. Um, you know, it's, it's understanding that we're all there first and foremost to worship and, and glorify God. Um, and so that's something that will never change, um, even if the service looks and feels a little bit different. But, um, you know, I don't think this is something that parents need to be afraid of. I think, I think actually this is an awesome opportunity, um, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to show kids how to worship well. Um, you know, we talk about this all the time in, in kids' church that there's a time for everything, right? So there's a time for them to play. There's a time for us to worship and dance and sing. There's also a time for us to worship in a way that um, is a little bit more reflective. Um, there's a time for us to sit down and listen, <laughs> you know? And so all of, you know, we, we, as we were thinking about the family service, uh, we were thinking about all those different elements that we try and do with kids on a Sunday morning and, and even using language like that, that there's a time for and a time for something that they've heard often. And so, you know, as, as parents, um, we would even ask that you like partner with us in that, you know, Hey, it's time to play a game. And so this is your chance to get up and to be a little bit rowdy and to be loud. Um, and to understand like that, that's okay. Like we want a family service to be a place where kids can be kids. Right. And parents can be parents. And so, you know, when we flip and it's time for worship, you know, that we worship well together and it's a time to do that. And then when Justin gets up to preach, you know, it's a time for us to listen. And so having parents kind of encourage kids, this is the time that we sit and this is the time that we listen. Um, and we get to, to worship God by hearing his word and allowing it to transform our hearts and minds. Um, and we've even built in a time for family discussion because uh, we, we've just noticed, you know, with kids, they, they don't sit there forever, right? And so we, we've kind of built in some brain breaks for them throughout the course of, of the service where they're able to talk and they're able to engage. Uh, we just think that's really important. I've really enjoyed getting to pause, you know, even at home and kind of think through as, as we've done that on the videos. And so we've kind of built that into this kid's time of being able to still have those family discussions and process what we're thinking about. Um, and so that's a little bit of what we're trying to do is to have, you know, an engaging service that um, kind of meets the needs of families and meets the needs of kids, but also, um, you know, our, our, our goal always is to partner with, with parents um, and to equip you to, to parent well and to disciple well. And so, you know, when those two things work together, um, you know, that's, that's the whole concept of Orange that we so, so heavily believe in here, um, you know, that we're, we're really trying to think through how we can uh, best create a discipleship um, context for kiddos during this weird time as we kind of transition back into church. And so that's kind of how we thought through the service, how what we're going to do on Sunday was, was kind of born. And so um, that's where we're at. Okay. You know, we talk a lot um, at, at uh, Sunnybrook about kind of the idea of orange and what it means, the light of the church. Um, 
and then the heart of the home and what it means to combine both those influences to um, really ignite faith in the next generation. Um, and Jim, you kind of mentioned this earlier, um, the idea of now in recent history, you know, churches have created different programming and I've created a lot of programming for age specific and I love that. And I think it's very, very useful. One of the, uh, it's a great way to minister, I believe, um, when done in the right way. Um, one of the things that I've noticed is I think this time has provided us, and I know for my own children it's been this way. It's been a way uh, to rediscover, I think in some sense, a way that we used to do some things and even the good that comes with that. I remember my first time just maybe th three or four weeks into this whole thing and seeing my teenage kids with bikes in our yard and they've been riding bicycles. It's like, wow, we still do this. Well, this is probably the first time that they have really experienced just a lot of downtime. And I think uh, a return a little bit more into the way of having church together um, is going to be rediscovered and the, the benefit of that. And then not that the way that we're doing now is wrong and that we're never going to go back to doing it, but some benefits that do come with it. So I'm looking at those that are on the bottom of my screen, Jeff and Joy, and also Jim as he's entering and firmly in the golden years of his life right now. Um, the twilight years. Yes. Um, it, let's just kind of like, if we want to just talk old school here for just a little bit, like describe for us, the way that it used to be. So I can remember I didn't grow up in church really that much. Um, the times that we did go, I remember my dad having one of the programs. And then as the different elements of the service would pass, he had, it would take one of those, those pencils there in the pew and then check it off. Right. It was like done, done, done. And I remember as a kid thinking, we're almost to the end. I'm almost <laughs> done. Um, this was probably more the normal experience. Um, and now we're going to maybe be returning to that with a little bit more of a, uh, uh, maybe a new flair anyway, an engaging flair, keeping into uh, mind families and uh, parents and kids being in the, in the same room. So describe to us the way that it used to be. Like, how was it when, when kids were growing up in church? We didn't have necessarily a preschool ministry, kids ministry. Anyone want to share well, about that? We, uh, we first tied up our horse at the nearby barn, and then we came into service. Yes. The minister got there early, had the wood stove down front, all going, and, and you came early and you sat in the front just to stay warm. Okay. Uh, it was, it was exciting times. Jeff had to tie up my horse because I had no idea how to tie it up. My horse just kept leaving, and I'd be like, Jeff, will you help me with my horse? <laughs> oh, goodness. And then those ice cream socials. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, well, I, I don't know that I'm as ancient as you said. Uh, <laughs> I actually was blessed to have a youth minister hired at our church when I was a freshman in high school. Um, and, and programming began to change at that time. For, for us, um, Sunday mornings, we had, we had kids programming when we were raising our children. Okay. But Sunday night services were still there. And there was nothing for the kids. So we brought each one of our children in their, in their car seat, except for one to call the car seat back then. Um, and we brought them in and sat them in the pew with us. And we went through the hour-long service. Um, in those early days, I was leading the songs most of the time. And Joy was in the pew with the baby on her lap. And um, as they progressed in age and, and in number, 
um, she was tremendous in bringing uh, coloring books, uh, colors, uh, uh, colored pencils, paper to write on, um, books to read, um, things, yeah. things for them to do that weren't necessarily toys that were going to make a lot of noise or roll under the pews uh, a long way. And uh, we were blessed uh, that my mother was there and she would often sit with us uh, and help out. Uh, we did make it a point that we took our kids to the bathroom before we came. Uh, so we weren't those people getting up every Sunday and walking kids out. Um, kids are trainable. Like Zane was talking earlier, you, you get in a routine. If they know what the expectation is and, and this, these are the boundaries, they, they did very well. Very seldom did uh, uh, we have to do anything more than just that scowling look um, <laughs> because they, they knew our discipline. If we ever got up, there was no turning back. Um, and, and it actually worked pretty well. As they got a little bit older, um, we encouraged them when they could read. They were following in hymnals. Uh, once they learned their numbers, they, they may not be able to read yet, but they had their numbers. They were looking up the numbers of the songs and the hymnals and singing along. Um, when they were old enough to read, they were turning in their own scriptures to the verses that were being taught that particular night. So they saw us doing that. They saw everyone else around them doing that. And I think it was a, it was a good time. I mean, kids can sit still um, if they have something for them and enjoy provided that as they grow up and they saw us worshiping and they've done likewise. Yeah, that modeling piece is, is huge as far as your kids watching you take notes, as far as your kids watching you engage in the service, um, even small things, like you said, um, okay, we're going to the bathroom now and everyone go to the bathroom now. And for the second time, everyone go to the bathroom now. Um, so yeah. No, I'm sorry. In our family, it was only once. <laughs> there was no second. You are going to the bathroom now, people. Um, oh, that's good. Um, Jim, I, I know and we've been able to enjoy that, uh, even during our film services. Okay. Um, we are very fortunate that, uh, us and our children have had, uh, on isolated outdoor jobs. So we have continued to worship together on Sunday mornings. Okay. So we have our grandchildren here and they are able to watch us sing out loud, uh, sing with us out loud, watch the service. Um, go through communion time, having that already set out, uh, where David is able to partake because he's uh, become a Christian and the others now know that they're quiet and they're watching what we do. Um, and then afterwards, we watch Zane and Beth. And so we're engaging with what they're doing and being able to share and talk about all that has just been a continuation of the old days. That's awesome. And I don't know how to do rock, paper, scissors, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, even, even the ideas of, uh, I think we talked about this earlier, Jim, but just whenever kids, hey, we have a baby here, right? And so maybe they're not going to be quiet the whole time. I think it was Paul, we were talking about this earlier. Um, and Okay, it's not going to be the end of the world if you need to take the baby out for a minute. And I think um, the, while keeping the standards that we want to keep, even as kids get older, I think you start getting into those elementary years, third, fourth grade, and this should not be uh, a difficult, right? And kids are going to be kids. 
and I especially sympathize with those who like preschool age that just just not in their nature yet it's just they want to move all the time and um so th that could present some interesting challenges but for the most part i think that there's been some great advice um that you guys have just offered us for sure um jim you talk about um if your family missed church most often it was going to be the children's ministry was going to go down there wasn't going to be a choir um, basically church wasn't going to happen without the Johnsons. So, uh, just share a little bit about the old days. And that's actually with, that's actually with my parents who neither of them were in ministry. So yes. uh, it was, we were a big family. There was eight of us. And so, uh, and we were in Canada. So the average church size there is like nine. <laughs> so, you know, we're almost the entire church. And so it really was a lot of it. And, um, you know, for many years, our church actually met in our home. And again, my dad was not the minister, but we kind of would meet in our home. And so there were the, the, just the natural family dynamic. And I, I, have a, I have a father who's a complicated man, and he really helped me see simultaneously that kids are allowed to be kids. He never understood why we wouldn't let children be children. And so when they're little, they're allowed to be little. You're allowed to be two. You're allowed to be five. You're allowed to be eight. You're allowed to be, um, and yet at the same time, he didn't like it when, when eight-year-olds were acting like two-year-olds or 12-year-olds were acting like seven-year-olds. And so there was a little bit of a, I remember when I was allowed to lie down in the pew, when I got kind of bored, and when I wasn't allowed to lie down in the pew anymore. And when I was 18, my dad would like smack me and go, yeah, you're not allowed to lie down anymore. So kind of straighten up, son. <laughs> But when I was when I was two or three, I still remember like lying down on the pew, head on my mom's lap, listening to a sermon, and that was not a problem. And I'm so grateful for a lot of those memories. And so my dad was able to help, I think, with that entire dynamic on realizing like when a kid cried in a service, that's great. And they're allowed to cry for a while. And then if they keep crying, then Someone needs to take him out. It's either you or me, Bet. Who? That's my mom's name. So, you know, it's like he, he didn't panic it when it started, but he kind of knew when it was done. Yeah. And so, and a lot of that I think is just gone from our culture. To be honest with you, it's like we don't know how to, we don't know how to deal with a temporary disruption or a disruption that needs to be dealt with. And you know, that's one of the things that I really miss about kind of our changing culture, um, is that we're not really having those dynamics where. Um, you know, Jeff was just describing being able to worship with his children and his grandchildren. And so to be able to look, like I learned how to deal with situations with my children by watching my dad deal with, with situations with me. And we've just, we've, I think we've lost a lot of that. And so that for, that's one reason why I'm excited about families learning from other families about how to age appropriately, enjoy a time of worship and celebration when is it time for a two-year-old to just crawl up in his mom's lap? And when we need to tell the 15-year-old, yeah, you don't need your dad to hold you, son. You'll be fine. You can sit in your own chair today. And so it's, it's, it's learning like where those things are at that I was blessed. One of the stories I always tell, and I'll say it quickly, was my dad um, had no problem helping other people parent. <laughs> and particularly... <laughs> Particularly, that, that, sound like, that sounds crazy in today's culture. And I was embarrassed as a young person because my dad would see, you know, like my dad would watch and we didn't know why Zane wasn't there, but there's Beth and she's got these two little kids 
and she's doing the best that she can. And, you know, she's trying to deal with Ensley and Elias and she's kind of wrestling with them. And you could tell she's flustered. My dad would get up and he would walk down. He would sit with Beth and he would take Elias and he would hold him on his lap and he would just, you know, just be there. And I mean, as a kid, I still remember just kind of going like this, just like, oh my goodness, my dad is such a, and then afterwards, this woman, Beth, would look at my father and say, hey, thank you so much for helping me. Like every time it happened. And my dad would say, listen, like we're all family here. And I just, you know, again, it seems like that happened every Sunday. It probably didn't, but it just felt like it was happening every Sunday. But just watching my dad love other families and especially single moms with kids that were really struggling to juggle. And we didn't have a children's ministry. We didn't have the things that you know, Jeff was describing that he was able to be a part. We didn't have that. And just to watch other families step in and say, hey, like, I get it. You, give me Ensley. I'd love to hold her and walk out into the lobby and just kind of bounce her on my knee for a while. Now, I'm not saying that during COVID. I'm not allowed to go within six feet of Ensley. But after COVID is gone and I'm allowed to do that, to be able to do that, I promise you, Beth and Zane would give you their sweet little daughter to Jeff and Joy and say, hey, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And then they get to enjoy the rest of the service trying to manage with Elias. or You know, it's that kind of even interrelated learning from one another that I'm really excited about this family ministry doing. I would even encourage you as young families Take a look around the room at really good parenting mm-hmm. and learn how to parent like that. When you see Drew and Kim with three well-behaved and age-appropriate levels of crazy, you know, like it's age-appropriate levels of crazy, um, to walk up afterwards and say, hey, Drew, like, how'd you do that? Like, how, <laughs> how did you do that, bro? <laughs> because... Man, I could really learn some tips from a great couple like Drew and Kim. And so I want to encourage you as families to watch who's getting it. And don't just beat yourself up because you're not. Just ask. Uh, you know, can yeah. you, could you help me know how to do that? Because I had to learn it. I mean, I did. I'm watching like crazy. How do I? And I'm, talk, I'm going to Zane and Beth. And how do you get a two-year-old to not like lose their mind? And Zane and Beth say, well, here's some things that I've learned. So honestly, that's the, that's the beauty that I'm excited about these new family services. Jeff, and in like this particular service, yes, in this particular service that's coming up, a lot of people are, are worried, I believe, to sit there with their children, worried about how they're going to behave. And, and everyone's in that same boat. The, the people who are going to look down their eyebrow at you are at the other service. They're not there. Okay. And so you can come in and relax and everybody's in the same boat and it's new for everyone. And so everyone's going to be learning together and everyone's going to be willing to help. And I think you also brought out a, a great idea, Jim. We, we have several older people that love grandparenting, but they can't do that because their children don't live here. And to be able to help out young families would jump at the chance, you know, and um, enjoy that very much. You know, Jim, uh, I appreciate the comment there on my family, but we did have uh, one, there was one time there was a mid-service bathroom walkout and, uh, you know, it was like, no, you're not six anymore. We're not doing the walkout. all the way down the aisle to go to the bathroom. So, so that was 
failure, parenting failure for me there. Um, I think that honestly, this could be um, one of the most practical ways that we talk about in, you know, in scripture, we talk about bearing with one another, um, speaking truth into other people's lives, giving grace to those people um, as um, younger couples are coming up with younger kids. I know it seems like the, the, I don't know, it's been popular recently, the format, the kind of the formalities of having mentors in all these different areas of your life. And that is not a bad thing. I would say if you need a formal mentor, get a formal mentor, but at the same time, yeah, look out and watch those around you. Um, show grace to those around you. Ask, hey, is this, is this normal? Is it, am, I, am I off base here? Speak truth into one another's lives and then accept that truth um, coming back to you as well. So I, I think this has the opportunity for us to just have some, some great opportunities for that kind of living life together, um, bearing with one another, these kind of things as we, as we grow together, mature in Christ and in the process, raise families that uh, love Jesus. And so we do look forward to the next coming weeks as we get back together and uh, meeting together once again, but then especially specifically the family service. So um, I think we're kind of about out of time. So we'll wrap up with that. Um, If you do have any questions or any questions about the family service coming up, feel free to call us, give us an email, text us, whatever we would love to help uh, this be a great experience for all of those. So we appreciate um, everyone here being a part of the podcast, but especially those of you that have uh, just hung in there and listened to us. So we hope to see you again soon face to face. Until then, we will uh, we will talk via Zoom or the phone or text, but we will see you soon.